a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Is that Jesus can return at any time. He's not waiting for a Japanese nuclear power plant to melt down. No. He, he, the thing that's holding him back is his patience and love for lost humanity and nothing else. Uh, there, 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 there are no events that need to occur before Jesus comes back. And so seeing all the things that happen around us and saying, hey, hey, that means Jesus is coming. The answer is no, no. That's wrong. That's the wrong way of looking at it. Jesus can come at any moment. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. And Luther says the only way that uh, the pronoun me and God could be in the same sentence is by this verb, have mercy. I've, got, I've given myself the new nickname. I've thrown aside all the other accolades that you toss at me so freely, Evan. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they, they feel uh, like wine. Bull rider. Yeah, and uh, what else am I? I can't remember. I can't remember and them I'm all either. Them. They're just too numerous. <laughs> Welcome to Table Talk Radio, the show where we uh, record just to laugh at our own jokes here on Table Talk Radio. Yeah, uh, it's just a good, entertaining. What's a better time? So. You know, laughter is the best medicine. Or I think that's a proverb from King Solomon, who good. wrote extensively about laughter. By the way, yeah. biblical. That's biblical. That's true. And that's we'll see if you remember that Testament. when we play Bible Bee later in the show uh, with Pastor Brian Ketchemeyer. Oh, yeah. Is he going to be on? Maybe? Maybe we're gonna have to see if he's available. If he, not, we're gonna go mono e mono. He, he, it's a last, it's a game time decision if he's gonna be able to come and and uh, show up. I told him, I said this exact words to him to try to influence him in coming on. I said, losing to you is more fun than beating Evan. Ah, uh, wait, well, you've never beat me in Bible B before. <laughs> well, that's what I. Well, maybe okay. Maybe I said. Potentially losing to you is better than <laughs> potentially beating it. Okay, that's better. Something like that. We're also going to uh, play your favorite yeah. game, Preaching to Hollywood. Oh, that is my favorite game. Yep. And why is it your favorite? Uh, well, I can't remember. How does a game go? Let me remember how the game goes. As we listen to a pop song, right? That's mostly my favorite part. Not having to think <laughs> or do anything, just listening to the song. And then after that's over, we try to do a, a spiritual diagnosis of the lyrics. We try to take, you know, we take the pop art and we treat it as a piece of art. <laughs> Is that what we do? Well, we'll see about that. But first, we've got to do some And then uh, we say, buzzwords. how would you preach to the person whose conscience this is exposing? You know, so that's, that's good. But. Right. All right, I can do some buzzwords. I'm ready for that. I have a buzz phrase for you, and that is... Um, ready. Lordship salvation. Have you heard of this before? Oh. This will be a good one. Yeah, I have. Okay. So Lordship uh, yeah. Salvation, according to Theopedia, is the position that receiving Christ involves a turning in the heart from sin and, as a part of faith, a submissive, submissive commitment to obey Jesus as Lord. It also maintains that progressive sanctification and perseverance must necessarily follow conversion. Those who hold to the doctrine of perseverance of the saints see this not only as a requirement but as an assured certainty according to the sustaining grace of Christ. The doctrine of lordship salvation has implications for evangelism, assurance, and the pursuit of holiness. 
the God of grace and salvation not only forgives but transforms. Oh, we should talk about that in a second. And a lack of obedience or transformation in a person's life is warrant to doubt that they have been born again. Whoa. The grounds for assurance include not only the objective promises of God, like John 3.16, but also the internal testimony of the Spirit, Romans 8.16, and the holiness of the Spirit produced... Uh, produces in our in our lives. I know now why you've heard of this. Um, now, the, now it has a contrast. The non lordship salvation position <laughs> is popularly known by critics as easy believism, and by adherents as free grace. However, proponents of lordship salvation frown upon this usage of the term free grace, as the free grace spoken of in the Bible both justifies the sinner and transforms the heart unto obedience. <laughs> okay, now parse yeah. all that for us, Pastor this is This is the antinomian debate in evangelicalism, you know. So, <laughs> you know, we every church has this kind of antinomian. What is the role of works is the question. And the way it showed up in, in evangelicalism and Calvinist uh, circles uh, and this sort of thing is th- is with this lordship theology. The, who's the big guy on this? I for- always forget his name. He was um, John MacArthur. There it is. Uh, he was the big lordship salvation guy, and he was out there saying, "Look, it's not enough for Jesus to be the savior; he also has to be the Lord." So, but look at, I mean, whenever you don't have the means of grace, you're going to be looking for assurance of salvation somewhere else. And so they, 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 you have it in two places, but especially the lordship salvation is going to emphasize the transformed life as a proof of salvation. Jesus now is my lord, so I'm busy making him. I'm busy making him my lord. Huh. I mean, I, I now, think, and here we can reduce this down to the question of what is our Christian habit? I mean, to live every day as a Christian, what does that mean? And the lordship theology would say, hey. Um, that means that every day we're going to be making Jesus Lord, surrendering more, submitting more, obeying more, etc. The free grace guys are going to be saying we're going to be rejoicing more, believing more, something like this. What What is it we learn in the Bible, though, is it, it's some sort of beautiful combination of both called repentance. <laughs> so that every day we repent. We're, we're dying to ourself and rising to newness of life. The law and gospel are both having its way with us. That's, that's what a, the Christian life is. I think we're getting... Uh dangerously close to Roman Catholicism when we say this, and I'm reading again from Theopedia. The grace of God in salvation not only forgives, but transforms. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So that uh, in Roman Catholic theology, it's not so much about um, uh, about your... Uh, I mean, in fact, I shouldn't even say it's not so much. It's not at all about your standing before God as being declared righteous, but it is all about your uh, transformation, your... Uh, you know, grace is not being just the Lord's disposition towards you, but grace is kind of this empowering to uh, be more obedient or uh, transforming our life to uh, conform to what God expects of you. And this is gradually getting better and better. Now, uh, I think here what the uh, what the Lordship Salvation adherents would say is that, uh, well it's not on the basis of this transformation that you uh, stand before God, but listen to the next part and a lack of obedience or transformation in a person's life is warrant to doubt that they have been born again. So essentially what you are saying is that it is on the basis of your transformation that you stand before God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this that is- reminds me, that reminds me by the way of a tweet that you tweeted 
It I says, did not why are, tweet anything. <laughs> this is what you said. It says, Evan Gagline at TTR know, but, Archbishop. But the, why are Calvinist blogs so boring? Because they don't have the memes of grace. <laughs> That's pretty witty, I thought. Memes? I, I don't think I said that. Um... <laughs> I, uh, this is great. My, Fake the, the, gig, mine. <laughs> the attorneys right now are, are drawing up a cease and desist. Yeah. So I'm, enjoy that You've Twitter. You've already got seven followers. Enjoy that Twitter I, account as it. Everyone needs to go and follow at TTR Archbishop. It won't, it won't be in existence by the time this airs. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right, do you have a buzz phrase, or am I the only one doing oh, work man, around yeah. here? I, by the way, this is, uh, this is a little early in the show to be so theologically dense but i got a one for you this is a uh, this is the word anti-legomena have Ugh. we do- talked about this before i don't know i'm reading the definition from the concordia cyclopedia this is the lutheran version of theopedia because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's published in like 1902 i know but tiny the, font. you can tell it's from 1902 because there's no random article button that's true you could just open to any page that's how we used to do it in the old day <laughs> Literally, quote, spoken against or questioned by some, certain books of the New Testament concerning which there was no unanimity, at least some degree of uncertainty in the early church with regard to their canonicity. Anti-legomena are distinguished from homologomena, or universally accepted books, due to the fact that certain false teachers and other unauthorized persons tried to have their writings introduced into the Christian congregations. It was necessary that the Christians watch with greatest care lest false gospels or letters be acknowledged, especially by being ascribed to true apostles or disciples of the apostles. So here, this is basically what it is, is that there were some books of the New Testament that were not in every place accepted as New Testament books. And that distinction between the homologumina and the antilegumina were, um, was, I mean, that existed in the church for years. C.F.W. Walter, remember that guy? He talked about it. Peeper talked about it. So probably to, from like... From the year 33, or whenever Paul started writing, 36 or whatever, until the year 1936, the Lutheran Church looked at the New Testament and said, hey, some of these books all the time accepted, the Gospels, etc. Some of these books not all the time accepted, like Hebrews and James and, and Revelation. And for some reason, we lost that distinction in the last 100 years. And now we just see all the New Testament books as just New Testament texts. That's what anti-legomena is, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't have to immediately accept what you're saying. Uh, are my words anti-legomena? <laughs> there was a third category. It was called spurious. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's what you're, you're okay. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, we only have 30 seconds before our next break. So let's go cool. ahead and take our commercial break, and then um, uh, we're going to dive, I guess, right in. We didn't have time for an email today. I got a quick one. You want me to read it? Okay, this is go. an update. Hello, Nerf Ninja theologian here. Wanted to report two things. First, annual Nerf Ninja War happened on schedule despite the fact that we had not yet gained a new member. And two, I have recruited a new member. End of transmission. That's checking in from the Cult of Pure Doctrine Minnesota Nerf Ninja chapter. Thank you for checking in. Good to know that you're going strong there. Yes. Um, two members. Is the Cult of Pure Doctrine on your... Um your list of inside jokes for Table Talk Radio? It is. Good. Got it. Very that good. That list is coming along. Okay. So we're going to be make that available, uh, I guess, on our website at some point. Uh, when we get back from this commercial break, we're going to be listening to some songs, that kind of the, the top songs right now, and evaluate their lyrics theologically. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio.
the worst of all possible times. This is Table Talk Radio. Does your church have a worship service? Then you'll love the Institute on Liturgy, Preaching, and Church Music coming up in Seward, Nebraska this summer, July 28th through 31st. Uh, there's some good keynote speakers, including Dr. Kleinig, Paul Solak, and there's about a bajillion seminars and workshops and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, President Harrison's going to be there, the guys at Issues Etc., the other Lutheran radio show are going to be there. I'm going to be there hanging out. So if you want, you should come to this thing. So lcms.org slash events slash worship institute, and you can find it and register now. So uh, comfort, comfort you, my people, the 2014 Institute on Liturgy, Preaching, and Church Music. And we're back on Table Talk Radio. It's now time for Preaching to Hollywood. This is the game where we listen to some songs in the popular world, and we look at the lyrics, and we try to analyze them theologically because, um, well, no one else is. <laughs> now, I... What I do here... I wonder if there's a reason for that. I wonder if there's a reason why we're the only ones doing this. Probably, Probably because not. we're so much more astute than everybody else. And, and we're way uh, on the cutting edge. Yeah, much more hip, you know. We're way out ahead. We're relevant. Yeah. It's those who aren't as cool as us that aren't uh, theologically analyzing everything. Right. And, th- and they're also not as authentic. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what I do is I go to the Amazon uh, list and I see what are the most downloaded songs currently. Amazon, that's relevant. Yeah, I know. See how hip I am? Um, and then I hip. pull out my Palm Pilot, and then... Uh... <laughs> you send them a letter asking them to send you a vinyl. <laughs> you guys got that on 8-track? And then I ask them if they uh, would poke my Facebook account. <laughs> send it to your fake Twitter. <laughs> it's so funny. Who's doing this fake Twitter thing? I don't know. Oh, man. Okay, but anyway, so uh, the songs that I found here uh, on the kind of the top five uh, list of downloads from Amazon, this first one is from uh, Ariana Grande, which is the song Problem. Grande. And, um, Pastor, you have the lyrics there, is that right? Yeah. Okay, so you're going to have to do a little translation work for us because... Um, I'm not sure we were going to pick it up from the song, but here, here's the song, and you can translate for us after after it's over. So what did she, what, what was she, that was it you the best part's over now <laughs> what was she singing about in there pastor I got one less problem without you oh okay that, yeah I got that is, is this it? repetitive yes <laughs> is Jesus mentioned no wait wait, wait. this isn't the praise song cruncher <laughs> how do we we need some criteria I got one less problem that's by the way Big Sean 
I don't know that you can have criteria this? because there are no really expectations for songs. I mean, you could almost have expe- expectations the wrong way. Does this somehow deny biblical truth? Yes. <laughs> this is a content. I don't. I don't know. Apparently, there's a problem. Uh, here's here's the uh, here's the theological crux of it. This is what I- the words that are around the word forgive. Huh. Hey, baby, even though I hate you, I want to love you. I want you. And even though I can't forgive you, I really want to. I want you. <laughs> tell me, tell me, baby, why can't you leave me? Because even though I shouldn't want it, I got to have it. I want you. This would be a candidate for my hit pop album, which is St. Gregory Sings the Top 40. Remember that idea how I was going to set top 40 songs to uh, Gregorian chant tones? <laughs> I think that'd be a good idea. Hey, baby, even though I hate you, <laughs> Maybe, bad I idea. want to I take that love back. you. Yeah. It's, that's uh, probably a couple ways bad. I finally learned my lefin- lesson, no half-stepping. <laughs> Sorry. I love it when I learned my lesson. Either you want it or you just playing. I'm listening to you knowing. I can't believe what you're saying. You should do There's a rap. million yous, baby boo. You know how uh, you did the stand-up routine when you went to oh, the, yeah. next time when they when they say, hey, Brian, want to come out and do our uh, conference? You'd be like, only if I can have a rap session in one of the evenings. I already told them I'm not coming out again unless I can do liturgical dance. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably rap and dance at the same time. It'd be beautiful. <laughs> like all the guys from America's got talent. would be like, we got to have you. Uh, now I think um, I think this song is about I don't is it a, is it like a six year old boy or a girl who's singing this song? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a girl. <laughs> so let's assume that this girl is singing about a boy, and she's saying, "Hey, I I like you, but you're mean to me, and I you've done me wrong, and I'm upset about that, and I can't let it go, but I'm still att- attracted to you, etc." This falls under the category of songs uh, of to where you just say, just get married. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is now you're gone and I got one less problem without you. Uh, and yet you can't quite let go. So this, I, that's, I think, the theology of the song. You know? This song has as its heart a despising of vocation. <laughs> Right, because I think I mean. I suppose. <laughs> I, mean, not, I, I mean, this is where this game kind of falls short. That <laughs> the real thing, the, what this song has at its core, is a really strong backbeat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the the lyrics are definitely not the co- these are the lyrics are like the the parsley on the side of your dinner plate on this song. I would say. I well, anyway. come on, that's true of pretty much all pop music today. I mean. <laughs> They're like, hey, we got some, we we got a beat. I guess we have to think up some words. Uh, okay, I'll I'll pull something together. I mean, I got be, one less problem with that. artists are coming up with lyrics like we do show prep. <laughs> you got some words? Yeah, I got a couple words here. Let's just say them over and over again. As long as we got some guy playing the saxophone. But I mean, so so what uh, what keeps you from? Leaving your wife when you perceive that she's a problem is your wedding vows. <laughs> that you that that the Lord has placed uh, her in your life and you in her life uh, to serve one another. Um, but then to turn around and say, well, if you left or if I left you, then I'd have one less problem. Yeah, that's right. 
Thinking about using this as the closing hymn on the Vickers last day. <laughs> I better tell him I told. I better tell him I said that. Now uh, there is here. There's something else, and that is in seemingly in pop culture music, written for the teenager. The most, the kind of the most difficult uh, kind of thing we can imagine is um, breaking up with our boyfriend or girlfriend. You see. So these these kind of the, the teenage romance is the is is like the height of the emotional and and mental uh, engagement with the world. So like the, the so so that when these songs aspire to poetic kind of heights, which I'm not 100 percent sure that's what they were striving for here, but it just put the best construction on it. The, the kind of the the most intense sort of life experience that we can imagine is this oh now we're broken up you did me wrong kind of thing and uh i think that is bad i mean you, you know we all we all were teenagers and we all kind of went through that but hopefully you we moved on to sort of bigger bigger struggles and bigger difficulties in life and bigger challenges uh, and it would be nice if a song would actually move beyond that. But it seems like all these pop songs, that's that's what this is about, either falling in love or dealing with falling out of love. Um, and that's our and that is our cultural sort of conversation. That's what you know, what most of the uh, the uh, sitcoms are about, too, that same sort of thing. Hmm. It's interesting. I mean, certainly for the teenager, that is the most uh, I mean, that is the worst thing to happen. Right. I mean, because they don't have. The life experience to see that there's uh, things outside of their romantic feelings, and particularly in this sort of postmodern age where um, all that matters is your feelings. <laughs> right, that's right. The trouble is when that makes its way into theology, and then theology just becomes the divine romance. Right, because that's as, as that's kind of as high. It's that, it's like the heightened experience of adolescence is this experience of romance, either found or lost. But but life has so much more than that. You right. Know? So it's it's kind of like you just want to just get married and move on, you know. I mean, the the joy of of having a child or the joy of 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 having something that you believe in so strongly that you're willing to lay down your life for it, or or um, the experience of of having of bound your having yourself bound to another person or or even bound to a vocation, so that now your own will and your own feelings are being subjected to what you have as a duty. All of that. I mean, that's kind of the stuff of real life. Uh, sitting with people as they're dying and and helping people with with genuine and real help and 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 knowing that we have a God who not only created the world but but joined himself to our flesh so that he might suffer god 's wrath and our sins i mean there there's so much more in in this world to 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 consider and meditate on than falling in and out of love and it would be nice if we could kind of move beyond that You're right. Well, um, when we get back from this uh, commercial break, we're going to be... I don't know. Do we have time for another one after this break? Oh, yeah. Sure we do. Okay. So we're going to do the song um, uh, Love Runs Out. (laughs) Wait a minute. Weren't you just talking about this? (laughs) My One Republic. Uh, And then we're going to see what what Pastor Ketchumar is doing. I think we're just going to call him surprisingly. He's not expecting our phone call or anything like that. And just call call the church office and and start playing Bible Bee, either with his secretary or whoever answers the phone. (laughs) 
Uh, that's uh, coming up on Table Talk Radio. Don't forget to visit our website, tabletalkradio.org. And uh, we have, you know, this is like the place to go. I mean, it's it's amazing that the web traffic hasn't just brought down our server at Table Talk right. Radio. I, because, I know. I was thinking about that. I mean, there's probably no other place on the web you'd rather be than tabletalkradio.org. Especially with our merchandise shop. I mean, you can get a T-shirt that says, I'm an executive session. And who wouldn't want that, right? Is that really? That's real, yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, also, you can uh, listen to all of our past shows, some articles, get the praise song cruncher, and mail them to your friends. Uh, you're listening to Table Talk Radio, and we will be right back. Uh, play more Preaching to Hollywood after this. Best show ever. <laughs> Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. I may All have right. I may have picked that bump twice. You might hear that again in the last segment. <laughs> it's a good one. Just seeing if you're going to pay attention. <laughs> Everyone pays attention to the bumps. That's the best part of the show. I know. And nobody's like. They, then they tune out for about ten minutes, and they tune back in for the next bump bump out. Yeah, that's right. All right. So I think that was a fantastic evaluation of the previous song pass for Wolf and I'm going to give you uh, 14 Table Talk Radio points. Um, for that assessment. And uh, now we're going to listen to Love Runs Out by One Republic. Excited this for the one, this thing one, coming up. This one is really easy to understand. I mean, if if we were evaluating the clarity of this song, I mean, it'd be perfectly clear. No under no problem understanding this one. So why don't you tell us what it's all about, Pastor Wolf? <laughs> you know, we've done. Haven't we done? Um, uh, haven't we done one Republic before? Uh, yeah, we did. Um, I have it right here. Da, 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 they, they they are distinctly theological. In their yeah. lyrics, they did that one counting stars. Remember that? Yeah. Is it is the song "Demons" by One Republic? No, no, no. That's um, 
That's, those are those I other can, guys. I get them mixed up. Listen, listen to the thing that's about to happen. Oh, we'll, we all want the same thing. Oh, we all run for something. Oh, for God, for fate, for love, for hate, for gold and rust, for diamonds and dust. Now, there's a... How about this little line from this song? There's a maniac out in front of me, got an angel on my soldier, so, shoulder, and Mephistopheles. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear songs about Mephistopheles all the time. The uh, Mephistopheles is the, uh, the German, here I have it, demon featured in German folklore. The demon in the Faust legend, remember, who sold the oh, soul yeah. to the devil? Yeah. I got an angel and a demon here on each shoulder, etc. I'll be your ghost, your game, your stadium. I got no idea what that's talking about. So <laughs> I, so the answer is I don't have any idea what this song is about. I think, uh, do you? No? <laughs> no. I mean, when I was listening to this, I mean, so I don't know what it means that I'll be your ghost, your game, or your stadium. But then it says, I'll be your 50,000 clapping like one. Does that mean he's super supportive? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Uh, all right. But, I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, I'll be your light, your match, your burning sun. Like, you know, hey, I'm I'm all about you, woman, whoever he's singing to. But then to say that then till his love runs out, I was wondering if he's meaning that I'm going to... Um, uh, be this, be, be behind you 100% until I just can't any longer, until I'm all dried up, until the well is yeah. is dry. I wonder if it means that or till you die. How about, yeah, here's sure. a theological statement. I'm killing every second till it saves my soul. You see that? Yeah. I wonder what that means. I mean, so look killing. down here. Oh, uh, we all want the same thing. Oh, we all run for something. Oh, God, for, uh, oh, for God, for fate. For love, for hate, for gold and rust, for diamonds and dust. Yeah. What do you yeah. think of that? I don't know. I mean, it's... I don't know, in fact. <laughs> I can't... Mama said, oh, my mama raised me good. Mama raised me right. Mama said, do what you want. Say prayers at night. And I'm saying them because I'm so devout till the love runs out. I don't know. Love, what does it mean that your love runs out? Does it mean that you die or that you... I don't know. Here, here's the best construction on this: is that the best construction would be that uh, that we we are living this kind of emotive life, but that that has to at some point end, and then we're we got to be on to something else. So we can't just be propelled constantly by our emotions. That's gonna. That's how I'm gonna take it. That's good enough for me. Okay. So in in 30 seconds, because we need to uh, get um, Ketchemeyer on here. Uh, how would you uh, speak the gospel to someone singing this song? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe the love running out, we can talk about how our love it does fail, mm. and we can't trust in it, but the love of Christ does not, and his love propelled him to the finish. It does not, it does not reach an end. It's never empty. Uh, if you have a comment or question about that, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. And now we're joined by Pastor Brian Ketchemeyer. He's pastor hey. of Redeemer Lutheran Church in Los Alamos, New Mexico, and host of the world-famous radio show, Redeemer Theological Academy. Welcome, Pastor Ketchemeyer. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> now, That's a Hebrew greeting, yo. <laughs> is, it, is it true that, um, <laughs> that we, we, 
we can't announce the your record on uh, Bible B because we've lost count of how many times you have won. Hey, take it easy. Thing. Take it easy. <laughs> My Bible well, B we arch nemesis. A, a sheet of paper. We had to go to a legal size sheet of paper. We had to tape two legal size sheets of paper together, and it just oh, it, it rolled onto the floor. And yeah, it's just, oh, yeah, yeah, it was like the Isaiah scroll. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to to round one of Bible B. You get uh, you get three verses in this, Pastor Ketchemeyer. And uh, here are your three verses. But it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offering be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promise said about the time next year I will return and Sarah shall have a son. All right. So uh, when, we, when we have this whole language of uh, offspring, not offering, but the, the offspring is the seed. And we talk about the language of the Old Testament of the seed, the promised seed of the virgin, the promised seed that comes from Abraham, comes from David. And then the, the key is that uh, this seed will have more children, if you will, because he's the bridegroom and you have the church. And, and so the issue is going to be that Paul is going to address this in his letter to the baptized in Rome, in Romans, as he's trying to, to discuss the whole point of that Abraham has many sons, and the many sons the father Abraham has, it's, it's by faith. So it's not a biological descent, but it's a spiritual descent. So this is the book of Romans. That is correct for 200 points. Ooh. Now, uh, Pastor, would that be law or gospel? Well, <laughs> it was a long passage. You'd have to read it again. But it's gospel insofar as that it's related to the promise of the Messiah, that he is the promised seed. And those who have faith in him are grafted into this, uh, this vine. He's the true vine, and we are the branches. And so it's, it's a gospel promise that we are now part of the people of God. We now have the salvation that comes from the Jews that is found in Christ alone. So this is, this is gospel, uh, good news to, to the Gentile converts in Rome who've been baptized. That is correct. So that'll be, uh, well, 200 points. So round one's worth 100 points, and then 200 points for the law gospel answer. Ooh. And uh, Pastor Wolfman, are you ready for your round one? Oh, yeah, I'm ready for my first 300 points. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Upon her children also I will have no mercy, because they are children of whoredom. For their mother has played the whore who has conceived them, has acted shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers, who will give me my bread and my water, my wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. Therefore I will hedge her up, uh, hedge up her way with thorns, and I will build a wall against her so that she cannot find her paths. Oh, man. Okay. Now, this theme here of, the, of Israel being called a prostitute, it is a huge prophetic theme uh, all throughout the prophets as the Lord uh, kind of equates idolatry and adultery. So to go just as the Lord has rescued the people from Egypt and called them to be his people, uh, and to be faithful to him in the first commandment, you shall have no other gods, just like a, a spouse should have no other spouses aside from their husband or their wife. Uh, so the Israel is to be faithful to God, but they're, but they're not. And they go out and they worship the other gods, and the Lord equates this to, to harlotry 
or prostitution. Now, the, the main prophet that takes this up would be the prophet Hosea, who the Lord even has go out and marry uh, Gomer, the prostitute, as the Lord equates this sort of thing. Uh, but another, and a handful of the prophets will do this, but uh, uh, Jeremiah does it also. But I, I think that this sounds an awful lot like the Lord's uh, condemning the people uh, through the prophet Ezekiel. That's going to be my guess, Ezekiel. Ezekiel is your final answer? It is. Is he right? We'll find out right after this commercial break. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We have uh, two more rounds of Bible B with Pastor Brian Ketchemeyer and Pastor Brian Wolfmuller here on Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back right after this commercial break. Don't go away. Because some people have a high pain tolerance. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Hey, that sounds familiar. I had a sudden feeling of deja vu. Upon her children also I will have mercy because they are children of whoredom. That's a, a verse that Pastor Wolfmiller thinks from, is from Ezekiel. Is that right, Pastor Wolfmiller? Yes, Ezekiel. That's my final answer. And... <laughs> oh, Actually, you were looking for the book Hosea. <laughs> oh, man. That's Overthinking it again. <laughs> if I could guess two books, I would get it right every time. Yeah. I always guess the... He was living on a prayer, but we don't have a theology of glory, so uh, <laughs> oh, the Lord man. chastens him in, uh, in discipline. <laughs> All right. Well, the, so just for the fun of it, Pastor Wolfmuller, would that be a law or a gospel? <laughs> just for the fun. That's a law. This is First Commandment stuff. So our faithfulness to the Lord is uh, commanded of us just as the faithfulness to our spouse is commanded. So this equation... The idolatry and adultery is a strong theme calling us to faithfulness in the Lord. But but there's, I mean, why? Why do we want to be faithful to the Lord? The Lord, the Lord is so jealous about this because he knows that our worship of any false god or any um, pagan god or worshiping him in any unauthorized way results in our damnation. So it's precisely out of the Lord's love for us to save us that he says, look, don't have any other gods. Uh, you, uh, the, I'm the Lord who brought you out of uh, Egypt. Uh, I'm the one who rescues you from sin, death, and the devil. Any other god can't help. So, All right, the score in this game of Bible B so far is Pastor Ketchemeyer with 300 and Pastor Wolfmuller with zero. <clears throat> I got him just where I want him. All right. Your round two, Pastor Ketchermeyer, is as I'm follows. Ready. All right. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Well, this passage right here, of course, if you've seen the King and you've seen Yahweh, uh, what we're most likely looking at is one of the prophets is the prophet is put into the office and has the revelation that Yahweh appears, always the second person of the Blessed Trinity. 
And so he sees the Son, the Son of God, and he has lips, lips that are unclean, because as a prophet, he's going to speak God's word. Now, we, we know that this very unique uh, uh, revelation and placement into the, the office of prophet was given to Isaiah in chapter 6, where he sees the Lord uh, sitting on the throne in his glory, and before he can speak and say that he's the prophet to proclaim God's word, he has to say, my lips are unclean, and you take the fiery coal from the altar, and he atones for his sin so that Isaiah can be this messenger, and his lips then can be clean and proclaim God's word. So this is Isaiah chapter 6. That's amazing. You know, you should have a regular segment on issues, etc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, for 200 points, Law or Gospel? <laughs> well, this is an interesting thing, because the passage itself is Isaiah comes before the presence of God. And when Isaiah is struck to the heart before the presence of God, all he can think of is that he is unclean. And so this shows forth his own sin. As he's revealed in the holiness of God there, his own sin is revealed to him. So it's Isaiah confessing that he is sinful and unclean, and he comes from a people of, of sin. And so in, insofar as it's Isaiah recognizing his own sin, that, of course, is law, but the whole point of him being in the presence of God was not for the purpose and the sake of smiting him and striking him down and saying, yep, you're a sinner, you're right, but the whole point of being in his presence is to, so that his sin can be atoned for that he is there for the sake and for the benefit of his sins being forgiven and taken away. And so it's law insofar as Isaiah himself sees and recognizes his own sin, but then it's, it's this, this wonderful gospel message that he's brought into the presence of God for the sake of removing this sin. 200 points for that answer. All right, Pastor Wolfmiller, are you All ready right, for your round two? All right. Oh, yeah, man. Okay, your round two one verse is... Zion shall be redeemed by justice, and those in her who repent by righteousness. Oh, well, there you go. Zion shall be redeemed by justice. That that, that pairing, by the way, of justice and righteousness is it runs right throughout the um, the Old Testament. Um, those two words are almost uh, parallels, and then that's and that helps us with our law gospel distinction. By the way, want to just skip to law gospel on this text? Um, you gotta, you, yeah, just for the, yeah, you should guess, I guess, to get some points. <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, just to, I mean, it's easy, you know, I'll just guess the book here and get that over with. But the, so this Zion, by the way, is talking about Jerusalem and, and specifically the mountain in Jerusalem where the Lord has his temple and his presence. Uh, his saving divine service and worship in the Old Testament. So um, it's really, when it's, we hear Zion, we ought to hear church, Old Testament church and New Testament church as well. Uh, and, um, and salvation in the Old Testament, just like in the New Testament, comes through, through repentance, through the Lord bringing us the promise of his gospel in his word and his sacraments. Uh, now, re- read it one more time, because i got to get a little... I gotta, Figure out the flavor of the problem little, here. A uh, little running start before you jump into the to the right. Cabinet. right so okay, sure. uh, Zion shall be redeemed by justice, and those in her who repent by righteousness. This call. Oh man, this could be anywhere. This is this little parallel kind of structure uh, indicates that it's a poet, a piece of poetry. You know, so that could be, of course, in the prophets. They often would speak poetically, and also in the Psalms. 
Uh, and I don't know this verse, although it's a nice verse, and I probably should know it. I mean, this could be anywhere. Zion. Let us sing songs about Zion. How can we see songs? That, I, you know, I'm, this is what I'm going to guess. I, I'm going to guess that this is a prophecy of the exile uh, after Zion has been destroyed. And uh, the Lord is then talking about bringing back and rescuing uh, the people. So the exilic prophets would be guys like Jeremiah or Ezekiel or Daniel. Um, uh, and there's some... Uh, I'm going to say Jeremiah. That's my guess. Jeremiah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You were actually looking for Isaiah. That was the right answer. Isaiah. Isaiah. Yeah. You got two Isaiah. Texts, <laughs> oh, did that throw you off? I'm sorry. It um, did. Isaiah 127 was what that was from. What? Isaiah chapter one. one? <laughs> yep, chapter one. All right. Well, I could have In the one. next three minutes, we're going to do our round three. First for Pastor Ketchum. Oh, wait, real quickly, Wolf Miller. Uh, law or gospel on that? Uh, that's going to be a preaching of repentance, law and gospel. Okay. Uh, round three, Pastor Ketchemeyer, your one-word clue is the word bill, and I'll use it in a sentence. Um, uh, hand over that bill. <laughs> oh, bill. What? Hand over that bill. <laughs> okay. Um, a bill, a bill. I, I didn't even know that the, there was a word in the Bible like the word bill. <laughs> That's what I, uh, I get in the mail. I, by the way, am willing to disclose that my translation of choice is the New American Standard Bible. Just New American Standard. <laughs> so that way it's not like in the message or something like that. Right, 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 right. The bill, the, the tab, the, <laughs> the bill. Um, th th this would have to be uh, some kind of uh, uh, a statement of, of a legal um, problem, uh, a problem with the people of Israel. Um, that there's a bill that they that they are being charged with, um, and uh, <laughs> wow, uh, a bill! Uh, I I do not know uh, where the word bill would come up. Most likely, I would guess in the Old Testament, uh, somewhere with the the prophets, maybe uh, a bill. I, I'm going to to guess uh, Jeremiah. No, I'm sorry, Pastor Kastemeyer. Um This is actually in the Gospel of Luke. The Good Samaritan, huh? And he He'll said, a hundred measures of oil, and he said to him, take your oh, bill oh, that's right. and sit down quickly and write 50. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Got you. <laughs> All right. Now I'm going to, here's the comeback. <laughs> All right, Pastor Wolf Miller. <laughs> um, your one word clue is <laughs> the word Horsefly. <laughs> Horsefly? I know just where that is. Uh, that that could be Revelation. Uh, it could be in the prophets. I'm going to guess, though, it could be Esther. But I'm going to guess the, the naturalist of the Bible who's most interested in animals is our friend Job. That's my guess, Job. Is he right? I'm sorry. No. Um, everybody knows that Jeremiah 46:20 says, "Egypt is a pretty heifer, but a horsefly is coming from the north. It is coming." I'm surprised you didn't know that, Pastor Wolf. Uh, it was my memory verse last week, but I just forgot. <laughs> All right, Pastor Ketchemeyer, uh, we have uh, 20 seconds. Tell us about Redeemer Theological Academy. Oh well, 
uh, the, the Redeemer Theological Academy, currently we are doing a bunch of lectures on the, the Gospel according to St. Isaiah and looking for Christ in uh, the, book, uh, the book of Isaiah throughout the chapters uh, and just trying to, to gather this uh, understanding that the anticipation of salvation in Christ alone was uh, preached long before it ever happened, and that would go out to the Gentiles just like Isaiah says. So we're going through Isaiah, learning about Christ in the Old Testament. All right, so check out uh, Redeemer Theological Academy. I want to thank you, Pastor Ketchmer, for coming on Table Talk Radio. Oh, Where the points are like easy believism. They don't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> you get that? You see that? You yeah, see yeah, that I got it. You're using oh, the buzzword in the joke again. Got it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.